If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 15. I don't know why I say those things. I, I, it's amazing what comes out of my mouth sometimes. Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. We're glad to have Miss Doris playing the piano. Doesn't she do a wonderful job? She just always does a great job. Amen. Her and, Pastor, her and Brother Mike were Dr. Mike Courtney. They were in Alabama the other week preaching a revival. And, and that went well. He preached like a man from another world. Preached like a Holy Ghost filled Nazarene. Yeah, hallelujah. You took some Pentecostal down there to the Nazarene church. Hallelujah. I bet they did. Most people like it. They just don't want to stay with it. You know, they, they like a new taste of water every once in a while. Yeah. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. Exodus 15, verse 22. On Wednesday nights, we've been talking about divine healing. And tonight, we're going to talk a little more about divine healing. And, and so this is lesson three, uh, divine healing basics. I call this divine healing basics. Just some basic things you need to understand, we need to understand about divine healing. We believe in divine healing here. We believe it's God's will to heal the sick. We believe His Word teaches us that we should expect healing when sickness and disease attacks our body. And sickness and disease will attack our bodies. And uh, we have help. We thank God for doctors. We thank God for medicine. We thank God for nurses. We go to them if needed. But we thank God that our help is from the Lord and not, not just from man. So we thank God for that. Exodus chapter 15 verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. I don't know about you. Anytime I've ever experienced a desert time in my life, I wasn't sure about anything. All right? So this is unusual that the desert they went to was called Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why they call the place Mara. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Notice when people get in a tough spot, they blame the preacher. It always happens. It never fails. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you will listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, if you pay attention to His command and keep all His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. That word in the Hebrew is I am, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals thee. I am Jehovah Rapha. The, the, Lord, the word Jehovah means a self-existent one. God, the holy self-existent one. And Rapha means healer. So God is saying here, I am self-existent, I am holy, and I'm a healer. And this is something he said in the Old Testament, not something that just came out in the New Testament. In other words, his nature... His very character is to heal. It's to heal. And you and I must realize that so that when we ask God to heal our bodies or ask God to heal our children 
or claim the promises of God. We're not asking God to do something that's a stretch for him. We're not asking him for do, to do something that is unusual for him. Because in his very nature is healing. He is a God who heals. He is healing in his very nature. Next time we meet on Wednesday night, the next, next Wednesday, we'll talk about the names of God. He is Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our, he is righteousness. He is Jehovah Shammah, he is Jehovah Shalom. Um, he is Jehovah uh, Jireh, you, you know what that is, don't you? He is our provider. See, anything you ask, a lot of people when they, Christians, they ask, well, I need to pray, but I don't know if God will do that. Find out what his nature is. Find out what's resident within himself. And he just does that. He, you don't, it's not a pull on him. It's not a stretch for him. That's who he is. That's who he is. Like some of you, you some of you have gifts. You have talents. There are some things that just come natural to you. You don't have to work at it. You know people who uh, 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 can sing. I mean, they don't. They, don't have to, they just sing like a bird, and it's not hard for them. You know, other people. CJ there. CJ. Uh, he's a, he's a chef. He's a chef, and 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 a great. It's, for him to cook is nothing. For me to cook, you don't want to eat it. It's it's just natural to him. Others. He construction. Chuck here, construction. He can do things. Uh, he can go to a work site and, and fix things that you don't want me messing with. It's just natural to him. Every one of us have gifts that just come natural. It's part of who we are. Likewise with God, there's some things in his character, in his nature, that are intrin intrinsic of him, and one of them is healing. That's who he is. So for us to ask him to heal, we're not pulling something out of the box here. We're not putting a stretch on him. That's just who he is. Oh, yeah, I can do that. I can, I can handle that for you because I am healing. Same way with he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Lord, I need you to meet my need here. I've got a, a financial need. That's no problem for him. He don't have to rob a bank because he is provision. That's who he is. He's the self-existent one, and part of his character and his nature is he's a provider. So the Lord says here in the Old Testament, I am the Lord. That heals you. So on Wednesday nights, we've been looking at the subject of divine healing. This is January. And in January, we normally think of flus and colds. How many of you have had your flu shot? That's great. That's great. If you need a flu shot, you need to get that. In fact, the medical profession encourages everyone to get a flu shot to help prevent you from getting the flu. And for those of you who have had a flu shot, that's wonderful. But let me, and let me encourage you to take something else beside a flu shot. Look with me at Proverbs chapter 4. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 20. The writer of Proverbs, the wisest man in the Old Testament, said this, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. And the Lord is speaking through him. He says, Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. So let me encourage you that when, you, when you're battling sickness and disease, and when sickness and disease attacks your body, and it does, all of us from time to time, not only take your medicine, your medication that you get from the doctors, but also take the Word of God. Take some scriptures on 
healing. Anytime sickness has ever attacked me and I've had to take some medicine, I also take with my, the medicine that I might have to take, I take some healing scriptures. I'll take a, that medicine and then I'll quote, I am the Lord that healeth thee. One translation says, put his word in your heart because his word is medicine to your flesh. Many of us take daily, we daily take medicine for various physical conditions. So let me encourage you at the same time, you are taking your medicine. Also take a dose of the word of God because the word of God, it says here, notice what it says, it's healing those who find it and put it in their heart. It brings life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. God's Word's alive and powerful, and in it is healing. His Word is healing. Now, one way the Bible speaks of divine healing being imparted, well, if healing is part of who God is, and if He wants people well, and if He wants people healed, then how do you receive it? How do you get it from God to you? One way that divine healing is imparted is through the healing power of Jesus. Jesus is just a healer, and he's alive today. And he still heals people. Let me give you an example. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Sometimes just the power of God heals people. Uh, where's Pastor Gary? Is he in here? Pastor Gary uh, shared a testimony, uh, uh, when was it? Yesterday in staff meeting. How on a Wednesday night a year ago, uh, we were in here having Bible study, and we just happened to be, subject was healing, and, and uh, he'd been fighting migraines. How long have you had migraine? Long time. In fact, he said, he said uh, in uh, his testimony to the staff yesterday, he said, I was in my fifth day of a terrible migraine. And he said, uh, I heard the teaching on healing, and uh, we prayed that night. And he said, uh, I hadn't had a migraine in a year. Hadn't had a migraine. And he had had them continually. So, so understand, one way is just the power of God. God, just through his power, touches people. Notice what it says in Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowd followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. God, just through his power, touched this man. Now the question, something that a lot of people who've been raised in, in churches that might not believe in divine healing, they often wonder, well, is it God's will to heal me? Well, look what it says. That's what the man said. Lord, if it's your will, you can do it. See, the, the leper didn't question God's ability. He questions his willingness. Every one of us in our right mind that has any kind of relationship with God understand God's big God. Cancer is no problem to Him. Diabetes is no problem to Him. Uh, no sickness that we can come up with is a problem to God. It's not His ability, it's His willingness. And a lot of people just don't think, maybe because of their past or because they haven't done what they're supposed to do or because they just feel inferior or, any, or because they're just human beings... I'm not sure he would want to heal me. Well, that's what this leper said, who was an outcast of society. If you're willing, I don't measure up. I'm not, I'm not important. I'm an outcast of society. I have the dreaded disease. So it's not can you, it's are you willing. And notice what the Lord said to him. 
I'm willing. Now, here's what you and I must remember. He's no respecter of persons. What he's done for somebody else, he'll do for you. In fact, anytime I'm battling sickness or disease, I try to read somebody's testimony where God has healed somebody of the same thing that's trying to attack my body. Because he's no respecter of persons, and if he healed them of the thing that's attacking my body, then he'll heal me. I'm a candidate for healing. All right? Everybody with me tonight? Everybody with me? All right? Another way divine healing is imparted is through believing prayer. Believing prayer or the prayer of faith. Look at James chapter 5. Turn over to James chapter 5, verse 13. James chapter 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Isn't that amazing? He says, is any among you in trouble? Let them pray. Then say, call other people to pray. First person needs to pray when you get in trouble is you. If you get in trouble, pray. Don't call the prayer line. You pray first, then call the prayer line. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15, and the prayer offered in faith, notice what it says, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Notice the Holy Spirit says the prayer offered in faith. It just didn't say praying. It didn't say praying. It said the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. So we see it's a faith-filled prayer, not a doubt-filled prayer. It's not, and it's not just praying. I see it all the time uh, on Facebook, social media. Pray for Aunt so-and-so. Pray for me. I'm going in having surgery. I don't, want, I don't need doubt-filled prayers. I want to find one person who will pray the prayer of faith. Just find one. Listen, we're not going to gang up on God and twist His arm and get Him to do something He don't want to do. So it's not, I need to, well, I've had people say this to me. Bless their hearts, they just don't understand. I've got so many people praying, God's bound to move. Listen, you're not ganging up on God. I don't care how many people, it's not the amount of people. It's, it only takes one person to pray the prayer of faith, and God will respond. Smith Wigglesworth says, God will jump over one million people to find one lonely person who will believe him. He'll believe him. So notice what he says. He says, it's the faith-filled prayer. The faith-filled prayer. So the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Now, what is a doubt-filled prayer? Well, here's one. I hear it quite often. I've been in plenty of hospital rooms over the years, and, and I've heard people pray. Lord, if it be thy will, you can heal me. If it be thy will, you can heal me. That's a doubt feel for any time you have to use the word if. If is the badge of doubt. Okay? Now, there are times to pray, if it be thy will, concerning your direction in life. If you don't know and it hadn't been revealed to you what direction you need to go, what you need to do here, what decision you need to make. But when it comes to what God has promised us in His Word, we don't pray if it is His will. He's already, His Word is revealed already. It is His will to heal the sick. All right? He says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. So I don't have to pray, Lord, if it be thy will. I know that's who He is. And He's willing to do it. So it's the faith-filled prayer. Another way healing is imparted is through hearing 
hearing the word and just believing what you hear. Turn with me. Here's a scripture for you. Turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 again. Let's read this one again. My child, pay attention to what I say. Proverbs 4.20, listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep in your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Now, how does that healing come? Just by listening carefully to the Word. Hearing the Word of God. Luke chapter 5, verse 15, I like this one. Yet the news about Him, Jesus spread all the more, so that the crowds of people came to hear Him and to be healed of their sicknesses. They came to hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. See, a lot of people will call me during the week, Pastor, will you pray for? People I don't even know. People don't even come to church. I hear y'all pray for the sick. Can you pray for me? I say, well, out of courtesy, I say, yeah, I'll pray. I said, but what I need you to do is come to church and hear the word of God. And then your faith. See, the Bible says faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? The Word of God. Faith doesn't come by having heard. It doesn't say faith comes by having heard. Well, I've heard that. I went to church when I was 20 years old. I went to church when I was 15. I went to church when I was a kid. Well, now you're 52. And you're sick. Going to church when you was 8, doesn't, faith doesn't come by having heard. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing. Hearing and hearing. So a lot, of, a lot of times healing is imparted to people who just hear the word. I guarantee you, I promise you this will happen. If you will hear the word of God and receive the word of God that you hear it as from the, word of, as from the Lord, you can be sitting in that chair and be healed just listening. Because his word is medicine to our flesh. All right? See, a lot of people think prayer, divine healing only comes through prayer. That's one way. A lot of people think divine healing only comes through the power of God, through miracles. That's one way, not the only way. The Bible says here, people just came to hear him and be healed. Hear him and be healed. All right? Um, I've experienced many times. Here's, here's a good one. Psalm 107. Look at Psalm 107. Psalm 107, verse 20. Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. What healed them? His word. He just sent the word out. He spoke the word and it healed them. He rescued them from the grave. I've experienced times when I was struggling with a symptom or reoccurring pain. And as part of my daily devotion, I would read verses on divine healing. Let me encourage you. The older you get, you, we always need to have some kind of... Um, uh, in filling of teaching on divine healing. Uh, the older I've gotten, it takes more faith to grow old than it does to be young. It was easy to walk by faith when I was 30. Now that I've doubled that, i got to walk by faith or I'll never get out of bed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, that's the reason all these young guys you see on TV, they talk so much faith. Because they're young. They're young. It takes real faith to get old and to enjoy life and to walk in health. 
And I, 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 I weekly, every week, whether I have sickness trying to attack me or whether I'm feeling great, I have a, a devotional book on healing. That's nothing but healing. And I'll read every week some type of devotion a couple times a week. I'm constantly taking it in. I'm constantly taking it in. All right? A key element in receiving divine healing is knowing. A key element in receiving divine healing is knowing it is God's will for you to be healed. Now, uh, you say, well, you, if my family wasn't raised in a healing environment, if they didn't raise to believe God, so they're out, they can't be healed. No, there are some stories in the New Testament and in the Old Testament where God healed people who were not in faith because He's sovereign. And every once in a while, He'll just do it because He's God and you can't explain it why. They wouldn't believe in God. They didn't have faith. They wouldn't live in right. And God, just because He's a good, merciful God, He just decided to heal them. Let me give you an example of that. Turn to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse number 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which is in Aramaic, is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. If, you, if you'll go to Israel with me in, in November of this coming year, you'll see those. Uh, here, are, here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? And look what the man said. Sir, I've been praying and waiting for you. I knew you were coming. I'm a man of faith and power in the Holy Ghost. You just speak the word only. And I'm coming up off of this concrete floor. I'm going to shout and preach the gospel for the rest of my life. Just speak it. I know you're the son of God. Is that what he said? Verse 7. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. You know what he's saying? Like most people, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I have no one. Jesus, just Jesus, the son of God, the healer. Do you want to get well? I ain't got nobody. Nobody loves me. Short people have nobody. You remember that song? <laughs> Verse 6 or 7. The invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up. And I throw this in here. Get up, stupid. <laughs> That's not what Jesus says, was it? Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which he, this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. <laughs> but he replied, The man who made me well said to, to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? Verse 13, the man who was healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. So it wasn't his faith. He didn't even know who it was. He was a victim. 
He didn't say, yeah, just speak. What did you say? Speak the word. Yeah, I'm up. I'm, I'm, I'm a faith man. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. No, when Jesus said, do you want to get well? He started talking about the reasons why he couldn't get well. He's full of doubt and unbelief. But God's just a good God. And there are times, there are times that God does things just to prove his love and mercy and kindness and love for mankind, even in spite of mankind, because he's a good God. You say, well, I'm gonna, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm just going to wait for God to come by and I'm going to be that one. Well, here's what I want to show you about that. Go back, go back to, uh, let's see, go back to uh, verse 3 again. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One translation says, a great multitude. Some halt, some lame, waiting for the moving of the water. That's what the King James said. Notice, a great multitude, a great number. So there was a bunch of sick people. How many got healed? One. Yet there's nowhere in the Scriptures where you can find where people went to Jesus in faith, pursuing or requesting healing, that they left sick. So if you're just waiting for God to do something supernaturally because He's a good God and He will do you whether you... He will heal you and take care of you whether you extend your faith or not. If you're waiting for that, you might be one of the great multitude who get it. But if you pursue healing and go in faith, you will not leave rejected. Okay? Everybody with me? So even even though people don't believe... God still has a way of getting them healed. Divine healing has always been a promised benefit of being a child of God. Saints in both the Old and the New Testament enjoyed divine healing. Let me give you an example. Turn to Numbers chapter 21. Look at the Old Testament. Numbers chapter 21. Numbers chapter 21, talking about the children of Israel. It says, They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. This is the children of Israel who had left Egypt. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses. Here we go. When they get upset, they always get mad at God and get mad at the preacher. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread. There is no water. And we detest this miserable food. All right. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. Everybody checked under your seat tonight. If you came in here complaining, better check under your seat. They bit the people and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, here now they get smart. We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. I'm going to say, don't be talking about me. We ain't sending no black garden snake to your house. We're going for the copperhead. We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Verse 8, the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. 
Now that is weird, isn't it? That is weird, isn't it? What in the world does that mean? Well, turn with me to John chapter 3 and I'll show you. John chapter 3, verse number 14. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Well, what does it mean, Pastor? It means this. The snake represented sin. The snake represented sin. And the snake on a pole represented Jesus taking our sin on the cross. And notice what it says. When the people saw Jesus paying the price for their sin on the cross, their bodies got healed. See, Jesus dying on the cross did not just die for our sins. He also paid the price for our sickness and disease. And when you get one, you get the other. All right? Let me give you one more scripture, and let's land this plane as I hear them going over. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 1. This is Old Testament scriptures. Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now, who's this referring to? It's referring to Jesus. He is despised and rejected of men. He's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. That's talking about when he was on the cross. He was so brutally maimed and tortured and beaten that scholars, Josephus said that he was even repulsive to look upon. Repulsive to look upon. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Now this is a classic verse on divine healing. But it's very interesting verse. Because verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs. Surely he has borne our griefs. The word born, the word born there, is the Hebrew word nasa. Which literally means to lift up and carry away to a distance. Have you ever heard the word nasa? National Aeronautical Space Administration. And what does it do? It lifts up and carries away. That's why we beat them Russians to the moon. Because we had a he- we got a Hebrew name for our space administration. They got some Balak Kamuki or something like that. Let me give you another one. Turn with me. Let, let, let me along this same line. Look at Le- Le- Leviticus chapter sixteen. Leviticus chapter sixteen. Notice what it says. Verse number twenty. Leviticus chapter sixteen. Verse twenty. Talking about the sin offering. They had to make a sin offering. The priest had to make a sin offering to cover the people's sins. And when he had made an end of atoning the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, the high priest, he shall bring a live goat 
Aaron shall lay both his hands, the high priest Aaron, he'll lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel, and all their transgressions concerning their sins, putting them on the head of the goat. In other words, they bring this goat in, and the high priest puts his hands on the head of the goat, and then the high priest confesses all the sins of the nation. And the Bible says those sins, under the Old Testament, those sins would go into the goat, and then you shall send the goat away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. The goat shall bear, Nasa, on itself all the iniquities to an uninhabited land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. In the Old Testament, this is called the scapegoat. And the scapegoat would bear away, take away the sins of the people. All right? Now go back to Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The word griefs there in the Hebrew is the word sicknesses. Surely he has carried away. Just like the goat carried away the sins of the people, away from the people. Surely he, Jesus, has carried away our sicknesses. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. That word in the Hebrew is pain. So Jesus, when he died on the cross... He not only carried away our sins, He also carried away our sicknesses and our diseases. All right? You say, well, I've been taught that was talking about spiritual sins. He carried away spiritual pains and spiritual sicknesses, not physical. Well, that's not it. Turn with me to Matthew 8. I'll close with this one. Matthew 8, verse number 16. This is New Testament. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed how many? All that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. All right. So, divine healing basics. It is God's will to heal you. It is God's will to heal you. It's not a stretch for God. You're not asking Him to do something that He doesn't normally do. He is willing to do it, and if He's done it for another, He'll do it for you. Divine healing is a promise. It's a benefit for every child of God. It's a pattern for Christian living and godly living in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. If I had time, I would take you back to that Exodus chapter 15 where he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Did you know when he made that promise to them? The Bible says that was the, the first promise he made to the children of Israel. You know when he made that promise to them? He made that promise to them right after they came across the Red Sea. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 and, 10, 1 and 2 tells us that the Red Sea was a type of what we refer to as water baptism. 
In fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, that the children in Israel were baptized into Moses. So right after they were baptized, guess what the first promise God made to them? I'm going to heal you. I'm a healer. So when we get sick, when sickness and disease tries to attack our body, and it will, we need to go boldly into the throne room of grace and say to the Lord, Lord, the first promise that I have as a child of God is my healing. You did it for the people, children of Israel. You do it for your people today. No wonder the psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. Who forgiveth all of our iniquities and who what? Heals all of our diseases. Go hand in hand. Healing belongs to you. Claim it. Demand it. Ask for it, pray for it, speak it out, declare it. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm healed in Jesus. Get up every morning and if you're hurt, just say, thank you, Lord. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Healing belongs to me in the name of Jesus. I'm a child of God and I'm healed in Jesus' name. And just claim your healing and rebuke the devil who's trying to bring sickness and disease against you. Amen?